everyone, and welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me as always is Jesse. Hi. And Caitlin. Hi. And today we are talking about season five of One Tree Hill as a whole. Yes, everybody, this is our recap of season five episode that we do uh, where we talk about everything we liked, everything we didn't like, and everything in between that regards season five of One Tree Hill. How are we doing, everybody? <sighs> we did it. How do we, we feel after it. season five? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like... We didn't get a full season, and yes. I'm mad that they made us ended up making us wait as long as they did for that cliffhanger mm-hmm. at the end. See, I love the length of this season. I love a short season of television. I am like fully on the British schedule where I'm like, give me a 13 episode season, and uh, I'm good, you know. Yeah, so uh, no, it also feels good to be past the halfway point, like, kind of right. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh no! We're we're past the halfway point. Yeah, yeah. We are indeed. Yeah, four yeah. seasons left. Dang. Yes, Here technically we are. three and a half because the last season is that thirteen episode season that you love Hell so much. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> I when I tell you I am going to be just partying the entire time when we get to season nine, just like it's gonna, I'm gonna thrive. It's gonna be great. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thanks. Yes. Okay. So, shall we just start with our first superlative of the season, everybody? Let's do it. Okay. Let's go with first who our favorite main character of season five was. Who did it for you this season? Who wants, who wants to go to first? Go first? Uh, I will. Um, Peyton. Mm. She, you know, she goes uh, as is you know, par for the course with One Tree Hill. She goes through a lot this season and she's definitely like handling it. She handled it extremely well. And it's, it's nice to see the way that like she's taken all of the bad shit that's happened to her this season and turned it into something good, which is not what Peyton of yore would have done. Right, Where, it's not what high school Peyton would right. have done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I just, I think that, you know, because she was, obviously, she had this idea in her head of what coming home was going to look like, and that promptly did not happen, and she had to deal with it. And then, you know, she started this record label, and it promptly did not work out with the first artist she signed, and she had to deal with it. And, you know, all this other stuff. So I think that it was just really great watching her this season actually appropriately handle the things life threw at her. Yes. It was very nice. Yeah. I'll agree. Okay. Who's next? Me. Uh, It's a very close call between Haley and Nate, but Nate gets it for me this season. Uh, I, I just think like where he has come from, like at the beginning of the season to the end of the season, his, once again, his arc, like 
where Peyton's the character that they throw all the garbage at, I think Nate is the character that they give the actual character arcs to. Like, how you can actually trace from beginning to end where he has come from, what his motivations are, you know. Uh, so I just think, like, the night and day from where Nate starts the season, you know, kind of in the depths of despair, kind of, you know, to the end of the season, uh, you know, actively trying to get his game back, being an and just an amazing father to Jamie and, you know, uh holding helping to hold his family together while supporting Haley and her music stuff. I don't know. I just I he's think great. he's great. He, he's, he's great. great. He's great. He's the yes. superior Scott brother. Um in all ways. Yeah. Um I'm mad because you both took both of my picks. So <laughs> I'll go with my other pick is Haley. Um who starts off this season not doing a whole lot. Like she's very much a wallflower it feels like for the first couple episodes, which is a bummer. Um, Mm -hmm. but she really grows into her own, especially when she has to deal with, you know, crazy psycho nanny and everything. And by the end, she's just kind of incredible. Um, and it's great to see her, like we see her grow up enough to where, from where she's running out of her classroom to now she's the mom to everybody again. You know, she's Mm -hmm. the one who's giving the, the wisdom talks and all that good stuff to everybody. And it's really fun to see her be in that role and especially how good she is with Nathan and Jamie, by the end, it's so much, so good to watch. I would argue that Nanny Carrie was the best thing that happened to her this entire season because it gave her an arc. Very true. <laughs> Very true. Like, I mean, well, and that's it, the thing. it gave her an arc. It gave her something to deal with that wasn't her husband or her child. Mm-hmm. And it also was like a very traumatic experience that forced her into therapy, which we've yes. been saying for five seasons that everyone on this TV show needs to be in. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Okay, moving on to our favorite newcomer of the season, because obviously with the four-year time jump, which we all wholeheartedly approve of um, by the time it's all said and done, there were a lot of new characters that were introduced for us to go through. Um, So who would like to start that one? Because I think here's the thing. We all have the same one, right? And then I think we should probably talk about a second favorite just in case, because we all can't talk about the same one over and over again. Yeah. So, right. Caitlin, go ahead and start with all of our favorite, and then Brody and I will pick something else. Yes. yes. <laughs> James Lucas Scott, age five. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. The best fucking character in the entire show, period. Done. He's the best. You can't tell us otherwise. We don't care. King. Just king and you had know, so many story arcs he overcame a lot he did he yeah he a lot of shit happened to this five-year-old you'd almost think he was peyton's child for how much garbage they threw at him like <laughs> hold on hold on is he peyton and lucas's child <laughs> i mean he does look like his uncle lucas a lot he does look like his uncle lucas but unfortunately <laughs> we did half witness Haley giving birth Four yes. years ago at the this end of season four. Yes. So <laughs> not quite. But um, we don't really know what day she gave birth because who knows when this child's birthday actually is. God. <laughs> May Pruary, well, 23rd, 3033. If we ever get to interview someone from the cast on this show, the first thing I'm going to ask them is how often did you guys talk about the timeline continuities? <laughs> When 
you were filming because (laughs) yeah like like granted overall a lot of the timeline stuff is vague enough that it can be left up to interpretation solid dates like a birthday yeah yeah it's a solid date it's a birthday you can't really mess around with that one but they did how many times did you come to the table read with uh with questions about the timeline and how many times did he who must not be named tell you to shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah yeah honestly oh god but no james lucas scott age five i love him i love the like maturity that he forces the rest of the cast into because they're not i mean yes they're 22 years old and they're young like the therapist points out to nathan and Haley that they're still young even if they've been married for six years and they have a five-year-old but it forces them all to grow up because they're being watched Mm -hmm. yep yeah which is nice And I will say he has the best interaction with every single character. All the main ones have a really cool relationship with him. The only one I think that we don't really get, which makes me sad, is him and uh, Peyton. They don't get a lot of time to interact, but there's always next season. Fingers crossed. (laughs) But yes. Um, Okay. I will say my other favorite newcomer um, is Millie, because Millie is amazing. Jesse, you can happily piggyback off this one as well if you'd like. Um, she's great. The best thing to ever happen to Brooke Davis and Mouth. Both of them. Yes. I don't know she where they would the be. She is the greatest good that Marvin McFadden will ever get. Yes. Yes. Right. And I was thinking about this because Millie is also my answer. But so I was thinking about this. It's like uh, Millie has learned a lot of what she knows from Brooke Davis and now it's like Brooke has gifted a little piece of herself for her mouth to be in love with. <laughs> and I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really good point that mm-hmm. I didn't, <laughs> I'd never thought of before now, but that is an yeah. excellent point. Yeah. And love that for him. I mean, Especially or you could... because Millie is, a thousand times better for him than a relationship with Brooke would have ever been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Rachel or Alice or really anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Any other woman that mouth has had relations with this series. And I think it also is the whole thing of why Millie was hired by Brooke in the first place is because Millie reminds her of mouth because they have such similar qualities in a lot of ways that it's like mouth was her assistant in high school. Let's be very real here. So she just hired like, <laughs> the female version of mouth who's better to be her assistant in adulthood. Brooke and mouth both would have agreed with you on that statement too. Yes. It was not even like something they were trying to hide. They no. both. No, he said, says it to Millie the night that they met. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I know a thing or two like, about bringing Brooke Davis. He was like, Oh, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Uh, God, yes. Yeah. Um, and also, spe- then I'll say my other special shout out for newcomer is Mia Catalano, just because then we got Kate Vogel's music in One Tree Hill. Yes. And I was very happy about that. Yes. Agreed. Yep. Yes. Even though we only got her for like, I don't know, half a season and then she disappears. Because Yeah, know, but she's still she's very much a part of the world. Yes. You know? Which I love. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Then let's go to favorite villain of season five. And boy, howdy, were there a lot. So there many. Were so many. So Especially many. 
especially evil women this season. Like, yeah. it went just dawned on me while I was looking back at the season for this recap. I'm like, why all the evil women? Why is every, almost every new woman introduced to this series in this season a villain? I mean, I have a guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with the plot of the show. No. Yeah. But I digress. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I digress. Jesse, who is your favorite villain of season five? Uh, okay. They're all bad. And I'm generally not a person who uh, finds enjoyment in villains. But I will say it was Nanny Carey. Because she was so unhinged. Mm-hmm. So... Un like in the same way that um, Nate was my favorite character this season because we could see his arc. Nanny Carey's arc is also very visible, very apparent, um, and just the wildest shit. Mm -hmm. Like Can we talk outside about of Dan. Yeah, her first line of the series of her in the show is, "I think this belongs to you." Because it's when she gets Jamie from the middle of the street. I'm like, this belongs to you. And then you try to take it. You're crazy, lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something snapped. Something happened uh -huh, in there. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But um, but she was so unhinged as to make it campy and hilarious. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, mm -hmm. so she would be my choice. There we go. There we go. Um, I, I would also say Nanny Carey, but um, I'm, I'm going to go with a more subtle choice but equally as evil. And that is Victoria. Victoria Davis was a oh, peak villain in the most conniving, shrewd, evil way of how she just spoke to people. God. Including yeah, her daughter. It wasn't just Brooke. She spoke to everyone. That yeah, way. yeah. Right. Wasn't it, wasn't it whenever she talked to Lucas the first time that Peyton came up to him and is like, he says, I feel like she's like, you just got metaphorically punched in the nards. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how she says hello. Yeah, there are those people that have, despite being shorter than most people, have the ability to look down their nose at every single person they speak mm -hmm. to. And that's Victoria. Yes, absolutely. Yes, 100 percent. Yes. Yeah. And casting Daphne Zuniga as Brooke's mother was genius casting like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that woman no. was royalty on Melrose Place, and the fact they got her on One Tree Hill is amazing. I did not know she was on Melrose Place. Uh, mm -hmm. You know where I know her from? The where? Baseballs. Period. Ah, the only go. thing I know her from yes. <laughs> is yes. as Princess Vespa from Spaceballs. Wow. Yes. No. My yeah. Mine's Victoria, just because of how evil she was to not only your daughter but everyone else in the world. So yes. Caitlin, my dear, who is your pick for best villain or favorite um, villain, I should say? I I mean, you're not going to like this, Brody. Okay. But, Lucas, I'm sorry. I'm like, shocked. He's, he's <laughs> awful. No, he's the worst. He's the worst. This he's season. the fucking worst this season. <laughs> like, he he takes every single bad thing that is happening around him and whether like some of it a good bit of it his fault and finds a way to make it not his fault 
That is the uh, that is Danny's sperm. So damn your sperm, Danny. Yeah, yeah, and it's that, just like like he. There were a lot of moments this season where you were like, even if it wasn't on the level that we've come to know Dan to be, huh? it where he, it was like, wow, yeah, you're Dan Scott's son. Like when he gaslights Peyton for coming back, huh? like and being like, do you just have a radar that like goes off when I'm happy? Like that shit. Oh, that makes. And me then happy. turns around and says that the bartender guy is not good enough for her at the close right. of the opening. Or kisses her in her studio and then goes home and proposes to Lindsay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he, yeah, he pissed me off real hard this season, like more than he normally does. Yep. And Every, yeah, everyone had a villain this season. And I just realized Peyton's villain this season was Lucas. Oh, it's yeah. Lucas. It's 100%. Lucas because he's awful to her. Yeah. And it's just dawning on me now, the older brother, younger brother parallels. Mm-hmm. Uh, of these Scott brothers. Mm-hmm. Please tell me that season nine does not end with Lucas murdering Nate, because I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Lucas is the older brother. That's what I mean. Maybe yeah, Nathan no, Dan, Dan is younger. Fuck, really? Yeah, yeah Dan's, Dan's the younger, younger brother. Keith. I see where you were trying to go with that, but Dan yeah. is the younger brother. Yep. Fine. You know, I feel like though you're, you know, you're. Please don't let this happen. Still stands, but yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Still not something that I want to. Still stands, happen. but no. they no. are. But Lucas is the older brother, which is why he's constantly being compared to Keith. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Even if he's acting like Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. There we go. <laughs> There we go. Now let's move on to our favorite glow up of season five with the time jump. A lot of things changed with a lot of people. So let's talk about the glow up that everyone had from being a high school student to a sort of adult at 22. Yeah. <laughs> Their brains are almost fully cooked. Almost. <laughs> You're Not getting quite. there. Oh, Jesse, I was God. thinking about you this morning because I saw a meme that was like, for all of you who got married before 25, don't talk to me about true love because you don't because you've never had to date after your brain was fully cooked. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. Um, anyway. <laughs> so best glow up, in my uh, opinion. There's so um, many good ones. Yeah. There were some, yeah, everyone did really well. Um I think overall, in terms of who has like changed the most since high school, uh-huh. like and unlike in a good way, uh-huh. um, I think it'd be Mouth. Yep, because he's you know he's even you know if he he starts the season off a little rocky and he's unemployed and he's like you know going like he goes through all that shit with Alice, but he is the he's the one that is still like the most grounded Uh four years later and he's standing up for himself like granted him standing up for himself ends up with him fucking his boss Uh but he still had the balls to go in there and tell her to fuck off Uh which mouth never would have done four years ago yeah and he's confident enough in himself to stand there and go you know what i don't deserve this treatment because i'm damn good at what i do Uh And you, and you refuses to see that because I'm not what you think is conventionally attractive. Well, tough fucking shit. Like, 
that is not a conversation Mouth ever would have had four years ago. And I'm just really proud of him. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Yep. My mine would be Brooke. Um in kind of the same ways uh that you know there there were like sparks of what she would become in uh you know season four but um the fact that she has grown her thing her uh company her lines so much but also stayed grounded enough to like understand that home is where she belongs you know tree hill is where she wants to be and despite the like lack of judgment trying to adopt a baby at 22 and you're single and you know all those things like she did a great job with angie and telling off victoria finally like i just think she has matured so much and has really kind of stepped into a caretaker role as well while still being brooke um, I think that is just very impressive and not necessarily a route that I would have seen that character going based on what she was like in high school. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so my favorite glow up. Um, oh, it's hard because. You know, from going from high school to the beginning of the season. It would have to be Lucas because he's the one who actually, you know he has a published book. He has this new job. It's really cool. And it's really fun. But if you look at from like end of high school to end of the season, I would have to say Peyton because she went from living her, trying to go and find her dream in LA, losing that dream and then gaining that dream back again and making it a reality in tree Hill is a really, really cool thing with her career and red bedroom records and everything like that. Yeah. That's what I say. I say Peyton had the best professional glow up of the entire season. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Professionally, 100%. Yes. Personally, we'll see. Yeah. Well. Yet to be seen. Yeah. And it's like what Caitlin was saying about Peyton earlier is that how she reacts to things, it is very mature now. Mm -hmm. You know, she's, you know, handling the the bullshit that comes her way in a little bit of a healthier way, mm-hmm. you know, than she yeah. d- would have. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. Agreed. Then let's talk about favorite basketball moment. <laughs> because it is still a basketball show. <laughs> it is still a basketball show. I will give my answer. Cause I think it's the funniest one. It is the first half of the game where Q has his arm broken and they have the new, um, strategy and it works out so well and they basically trade them out like hockey players and it's hilarious and yes that is my favorite basketball moment of the season is the first half of that game yeah where everyone's very happy very confident and yeah no one can has I just that. Say... It's actually a lie can you can you like think about this now Lindsay told him a lie that it destroyed his career. his career yes yeah I would be furious. Uh-huh. I is, would be fucking furious. Which is another reason, going back to the end of the last episode, that I don't think Lindsay's on that phone. 
I think the only answer is Brooke because I think Lucas is petty enough to be like, I love her, but fuck her, you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Similarly to how he spent an entire second half of the season digging his heels in and telling everyone that he doesn't love Peyton Mm -hmm. because he didn't want them to be right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Anyway, that was, that was the basketball moment. Yes. Um, something that dawned on me just now. Okay. Quentin's cast mm-hmm. is going to be so vile, so disgusting when they take it off because I don't think you're supposed to necessarily do that much sweaty physical activity when you're in a cast. That shit is going to be so rank. Mm-hmm. Oh, it already smells. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You no, know it already smells. Uh, uh, how gross. Anyway. That's my new villain of the season is how bad Quentin's cast smells. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> um fair basketball moment. I think uh I think it might be Nate's dunk in the last in the finale yeah. when he goes, "Holy fuck, I think I can do this?" question mark. Yeah. 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 And his two biggest fans, Q and Jamie, are there to see it. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. It was good. It was very good. Uh, mine isn't really a basketball moment because they missed the game. <laughs> um, Did you see the, the Ravens, library? There was a basketball game happening, <laughs> and they won, which was exciting. But... My favorite basketball moment was the moment where they tried to go to a basketball game and couldn't. So, <laughs> oh. I almost said that, and I was like, I don't know if I can say this, but you can, Caitlin. Yes, I absolutely can. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, right. they, they check they check on the score. Yeah, they do. Know. They check on the score. They're they're paying attention to the game on the interwebs. They're yes. constantly talking about the game when they're yes. not talking about dead dads and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yes. I will say honorary mention to the only episode we got to see Whitey this season. Um, yes. Uh, true. Whitey is always my favorite basketball moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. All right. Then let's move on to our favorite musical moment of the season. Hmm. I'll go. It's Gavin DeGraw. Gavin DeGraw? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, It was just so cute. And um, Jamie singing it, or like learning how to sing it. And then Gavin goes, sit down, kid. Let me get this big note. And it's like, yes, do it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Love that. Oh, so good. So, Um, so good. Hallelujah by Kate Vogel. Forever my favorite musical moment. Yes. Other than Halo. Yes. Because, oh, that cover. Yes. Halo it. is favorite of the high school years. We can we can say that. Halo is all-time favorite of the high school years. The adult <laughs> years, yes. Hallelujah, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to lie. I understand that Halo is one of Haley's songs, right? Uh, but... Every time you say Halo, my brain initially does go to Beyonce. And <laughs> I'm like, and I have to like manually adjust, manually shift 
back to right. Haley sang a song called. Yes. Halo. Yes. The rock version of Halo that was before Beyonce's version was even thought of. Yes. 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 Um, I would say my favorites are, are both of those and um, Haley singing Feel This from the season finale because I forgot how much I like that song until I heard it. And remembered how it was on every burn CD I ever did, every playlist I did. Like it was everywhere for me. And nobody knew what the hell it was because it was this weird random song from One Tree Hill. But I didn't care because I love it so much. And I love Joy's voice. Yeah. Yes. yes. I th- I like her voice better in this season than I don't know. I just think the songs that she's getting in this season are they're better for her. They're, they're better for well, her. and they're her songs. She wrote them. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But they're not. It's not a weird cover of a Ryan Adams tune. Like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Coolio. Okay. Then. Ah, all right. Here we go. Then the biggest what the fuck moment of the season, and there were a lot, kids. So oh. would you like me to go first? Go yeah. for it. Stan getting hit by a car. <laughs> God damn it. I shouldn't have let you go first. Because <laughs> that was going to be mine. <laughs> oh, God. You can piggyback off it, honey. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Dan getting hit by a car because. Jesus. I mean, did any of us when we first watched this think that was going to happen? No, I didn't think he well, was. Jesse did. She said, I hope he gets hit by a car. And then he did. Yeah. When did I say that? Was that like. Last, Last episode. episode. Yeah. Was it really? Goldfish brain? Yeah. <laughs> you and I quote said, and that is the moment that I watched him walk out into the street and go, and this is when he gets hit by a car. Oh, no, that, no, I predict just, I don't know. I have watched so much television <laughs> that I, I can pick out patterns and I know mm-hmm. like camera shots yeah. Like, like when you I see someone tell, ominously back up into a street for no reason. You're like, something's going to happen in the street. Right. Especially if they're saying, be careful. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, that like, is true. Like the car accident camera shot. Mm-hmm. Like I can see that from a mile away and no, go, gotta stand up. And cause I'm gonna, I can't watch this happen. Like I, I am just good at recognizing the camera shots that they use mm-hmm. when shit's going down, you know? Yes. yes. Um, and that, that's it. I did. He started backing up and saying, be careful. I'm like, all right. And here comes the car. And then the car came and I stood up and applauded. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think he's dead? No, but I don't think he's getting that hard. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's getting that hard either, but I don't no. think he's dead. Because no. he's a cockroach that won't die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a, a great way to describe it. He is a cockroach. Uh, and not only that, on a, like, personal real-life note, they all love Paul too much. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, there is that. Yeah. So there is my what-the-fuck moment. Anyone else got any others? Yeah. Uh, when Carrie kidnapped Jamie. Um, because that was the moment that I think how unhinged she had become Mm -hmm. really that whole sequence after she takes him and she's like, you can see her really agitated and she's trying to dye his hair and she's like, I'm your mommy now, like full like abduction horror movie shit happening. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think 
Danny Carey was my favorite villain, and she also had my favorite what the fuck moment because, like, what was that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So my what the fuck moment. They're kind of. I have two, and they're kind of tied together. Mm-hmm. So the first what the fuck moment, which I kind of already talked about, um, was Lucas kissing Peyton and then going home and proposing to Lindsay. Yep. <sighs> that. That's a good one. The most massive what the fuck. So there was that, and I've already talked about it, but then there was the moment in the following episode or two episodes later in my favorite basketball moment show when Lindsay and Peyton are going at each other and Peyton brings it, like Peyton decides to tell Lindsay that that's her ring. Mm-hmm. That was a really what the fuck moment because yeah. – I talked, you know, I've talked a lot about how like Peyton was my favorite character this season because of how she handled the garbage that life threw at her. And that moment between her and Lindsay was a very high school Peyton thing to do. Like that was on par with like her stealing Brooks prom dress and writing whore and black lighting. Mm-hmm. Like that was very <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it was so funny. But also it was high school behavior. Yeah. And so it was like, it was a what the fuck moment for me because I was so disappointed in Peyton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Also, my a minor what the fuck moment was Deb getting motorboated by the clown. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I think that made us what the fuck. That was just traumatizing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Everyone involved. But but mostly Haley. Mostly Haley. Oh, my poor Haley. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yep. 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 All right. And now the time has come, everybody, for your favorite episode of season five. (sighs) There are so many good ones. There there are only like one or two duds in this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, which I think is another perk of having a shorter season. Shorter season. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. You have yeah, fewer filler. filler episodes. Yeah. Like, granted, a lot of the the romps that we love so much are those filler episodes and longer seasons. But this season was business, business, business all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, so needless to say, I had a hard time with this. I think the wedding was my favorite, or the wedding that wasn't hundred the hundredth episode. Yeah. 100. Yep. I yeah. love that Karen came back. And we got to see Andy and Lily, and I loved, uh, it was a very tense episode with the villainy of it all, you know, because that Mm -hmm. was Dan's first episode fully out in the wild, I feel like. Yeah. Um, And then the carry of it all, and then, like, skills being there as, like, Peyton's hype man, (laughs) just, like... You can mm-hmm. do it, girl. You can interrupt this wedding. I just think it was the best of what One Tree Hill has to offer mm-hmm. in yeah. that hundredth episode. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was really good. Um, I, I mean, I also loved the hundredth episode, but I, I, I'm just gonna keep beating this dead horse, but like. That library episode, it was depressing, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that episode. Yeah. And 
I love the way it was filmed. I love the character development that happens in it. I love that we got to see Dim again. Yep. Um, yep. I, you know, it was, you know, I, I think that with One Tree Hill transitioning to a more adult show in the sense that the characters are now grown, it was a really nice way for, like, maybe new viewers to kind of be like, here's what you missed on Glee. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you've got Mia, who is the outsider in this situation, asking all of the questions like, what's the tea? What did I miss? Why do we hate her? <laughs> right. Yeah. Is yeah. this and, where you got shot? What happened right. that day? Hey, like, so all I, that I, stuff. I, and, yeah. and so, I mean, that was like, you know, the, what, ninth or tenth episode into season five? I can't remember. But uh, episode seven. It was the yeah, it was the seventh episode. And it's so at that point, new viewers are probably invested enough in these characters that like you didn't need a ton of background to get into it this far, but there's obviously clearly shit that you missed. Mm-hmm. And then you get that in this in, in episode seven where you get kind of the full like this is what you missed kind of thing because you've got the devil's advocate, Kate Vogel asking all the questions. Yeah. Well, the library was episode nine. It was episode nine. Yep. No, I got confused because my favorite episode is episode seven, um, which is in the club, (laughs) the romp that is them out at trick and the chaos that ensues with all of that. Yes. Yeah. God, it's so bad and so good all at the same time. Just like the fact that Peyton finds every which way to get Lucas that goddamn rent check. We see Owen for the first time that episode. Lindsay being unhinged that episode, which is great. (laughs) Uh, Brooke dealing with the fact that she looks just like her mother when she dances. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also the moment where we learned that Kelsey was attracted to Kevin Federline. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. She, yep. by the way, was mortified that I told <laughs> you guys about that and that we published it. But well, I was like, I am not sorry. <laughs> it was funny. The wonderful world of living with a host of this podcast. There are correct. <laughs> everything <laughs> is almost and everything it will be is used against you. Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, and also, d- just the special thing that we get to see Kate Vogel perform no good on the show. With there, it's great. Me is great on that. So yes, that was my favorite episode. Also, I think we can all agree that the season finale is one of the best episodes of the season. Yeah, that um, was my honorary that. mention. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, um, and maybe one of the best season finales that we get with it because the others have been really explosive and really big, but this one did a very good job of wrapping up stories and keeping us very satisfied with the ending, but also then wanting more in other parts. Yeah. I would Which say I, I also I love the season four finale because for the exact opposite reason that I love the season five finale, because the season four finale felt like there were no loose ends. They they tied everything up so beautifully and ended that chapter of this show so beautifully that um, it, it I just think it was a beautiful ch- TV like an episode, like a beautiful moment in this show, you know, which the exact opposite reason that the season five finale was so great because these cliffhangers are cliffhangers we care about. And yeah, 
So, 100%. Um, Jen, I know we were talking about this a little bit last week, and then we uh, decided to get back on topic and save it for this episode. Uh, the the jump ahead, the flash forward in time. Yes, yes. Let's talk. Let's talk about. It. We haven't talked about it a lot um, on the recap episode here, but let's talk about the four year skip and what it did for the show. It saved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point blank. Full stop. It saved it. Yeah. I mean, Jesse had really great ideas of One Tree Hill, the college years with, yep. you know, Lucas, Nathan and Haley all living in a house together, um, you know, with that, which is great. And it's very cute. Um, but I think the four year time jump did the best thing ever for this, this show, because it was already a show that was very adult, but using kids as the adults. Yeah. Making them actual adults doesn't doesn't change the. Um, core of the show whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it slightly more believable that they're going through all this stuff. Um, right. Slightly, because they're only 22. But, you well, know, they were they were teenagers dealing with adult problems for the first four seasons of this show, and now they're adults dealing with adult problems, which is better. Mm-hmm. Right. And flashing forward took away our most asked question here on this podcast is, where are your parents? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it mm-hmm. took that question away, which... You know, you know what? It's exactly what you were saying. It's makes it more believable that, yeah. yeah. Um, and what I love is they still. I mean, like you said, it kept the core of the show intact as well with it with changing it all because it's still the same show. It's the same stuff going on, but it also feels very new and exciting and different comparatively to season one, seasons one through four. So I think Jesse, you're right in that season four. The end of season four was a very good series finale for yeah. the high school years. There's a reason yeah. the fandom calls it the high school years and the adult years, because they are two very different shows. The same show, but very different at the same time. Right. And One thing, yeah, um, no, go ahead, Jesse. Oh, I was just going to say that I also enjoy that they didn't just like yada yada their way through the last four years. Like they very explicitly showed us that important things happened here. You know, to bring them where they were, they didn't say it's unimportant. Don't worry about college. We're here now. Yeah, they were very uh, smart in what they chose to share about those four years. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And what I was going to say is one, and one thing that I also really loved about the time jump is, while yes, when you look at the core five and. and where they are in their life in terms of the things that they've achieved by 22 it is still slightly unrealistic mostly Mm -hmm. brooke and nathan Mm -hmm. um you know lucas being a best-selling author is not entirely unbelievable you know yeah Haley coming back and being a high school teacher is entirely believable Mm -hmm. and peyton going to la and flopping for better way better way of putting it and having to like pay her dues and be the assistant to the assistant that is entirely believable mm-hmm. and that's what i loved the most is it's like yes these are the characters that we know and love yes they're all 22 now and they're adults and they're experiencing adult problems but nobody was happy at the beginning of season 5 right. and i feel like it was a very real portrayal of how most young adults feel right after they graduate college because 
you have all these ideas and plans of what your life after college is going to be like, and they don't most of then the time, reality hits. Yeah. And then reality hits. And most of the time it doesn't turn out the way you expected. And you're forced to re-examine your life and everything that you've thought you've wanted up until this point. And even with, even with Brooke being as successful as she is, like clearly she's reevaluating everything because she's got all the money and fame and success, but she's not happy. And you've got Nathan who lost his ticket to fame and having to reassess his life and his values and what matters to him. And it was just, I, it was really nice to see 22 year olds being portrayed as 22 year olds in that way, mm-hmm. because it, I think it's really easy for TV shows and books and media in general to give real 22 year olds a sense of imposter syndrome because they haven't, you know, been on a stadium tour or signed a basketball career or whatever by the time they're 22 mm-hmm. when the reality is that most of the people who have done those things are the exception, not the rule. Yeah. And I think that that's a really, I mean, it's a really important message that I think viewers of one tree Hill probably needed to hear at that point because of where they probably were in their life, but also rewatching it now, like, it was a nice reminder for me, a 32 year old woman that, you know, things don't necessarily work out the way you expect, but sometimes it, it ends up being better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that they did a really great job with that time jump of establishing that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, can you imagine how boring it would have been to just have Haley and Nathan dealing with an infant? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like and five, and the, the struggle was, what do you do with Brooke and Peyton? They're not going to the local community college to play basketball or watch basketball. You know, it's like, right. guarantee you, had that been the case, we probably wouldn't have had Brooke and Peyton. They probably would have been written out of the show. And we would have had two new characters for Lucas to have another love triangle with, because that's exactly mm-hmm. what they would have done. Yeah. And yep. the fact they didn't. And granted, the reasons that Brooke and Peyton go home are slightly unrealistic, like Brooke coming home. And abandoning New York and everything is a little weird, but it makes sense in the end when she's like, I want a family. I want to raise a family in Tree Hill. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what she realizes, isn't it? She says it to Peyton multiple times throughout the season of like, honey, I have the fame and money and success and I'm still not happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it makes perfect sense that she's like, I don't want to start a family in New York and I don't necessarily i think the other thing for her is it's like i think that she's realized that she's probably not going to find the person that she's going to start a family with in new york city yeah right and i mean tree hill also gave brooke the distance from victoria that Mm -hmm. she needed to make the decision that was healthiest for her you know um because if brooke hadn't come to tree hill she'd still be under victoria's thumb you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And according no, to I, Jesse, wouldn't be on our way to Vegas to marry Lucas. I mean, <laughs> don't tell me I'm wrong, but also don't tell me I'm right. Just don't tell me anything because, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I will it's say, all well, interesting. <laughs> I love how 
they were able to sprinkle in so many new characters for this season to give us new relationships with every single character had a new relationship to deal with. But also then we got peppering of our old favorites. Like we got Tim and Bevan and Chase came back for a couple episodes. Deb came back for a couple episodes. Karen was back for an episode. Like we got to see everyone that we love. Whitey got to come back for an episode in a flashback. Yep. You know, we got to see everybody we love and then saw these new characters who we grew to love, like Millie and Mia, you know, weave their way into the story of um, One Tree Hill. And it's, yeah, it's really nice to see that happening as well with it. Yeah. No, there are shows that, you know, present themselves as being more serious, right? That don't navigate these kind of changes nearly as well yeah. as this stupid show did. And the fact that it worked, the time jump worked, because let's not forget, this is one of the first shows to do a time jump like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the CW made a huge deal about it because it had not been done before. And it, it made national news on the entertainment news circuit of like, they're skipping four years. You're missing four years of these characters' lives. W- how is this going to change the show? What's it going to do for it? And it turned out it made it better than it was because I think it was around, it was this time and quote, tell me if I'm wrong, Caitlin, that it was like, really, they got an early season pickup for the first time ever with this, with this episode. Cause it was so well received and things like that. Cause I know like five, six, seven were seasons that the, the CW were like, Oh yeah, no, it's totally coming back. We're good. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. They weren't on the bubble again until like seven, they were already filming season seven. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. But I love it. And that's why I, I, like I said, this kind of season three, four and five are like my favorite seasons of this show for that reason. It's some of the best writing and some of the best work that's done on the show with it. Yeah, I it think. Is. I don't think just out of principle, I can say season three is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but four and five. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where absolutely. do where does where does season five now rank in your ranking of the seasons, Jesse? I think it's top. Mm-hmm. Uh, just due to length of season, number of bangers of episodes there are mm-hmm. and um, lack of. um life-threatening incidents <laughs> that, mm-hmm. uh, that have occurred to main characters. Uh, we had no crazy Derricks. We had no school shooters. We, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. all in all, if all we have to worry about is a, is a crazy nanny, cool, mm-hmm. fine. Like Dan is a known entity. We can deal with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So now is the time where Uh-oh. we pull up the season, the season six trailer and make Jesse react to it. Here's I just, the thing. I have it pulled up. It's only 20 seconds long. Yep. So you wanna, you it gives it in. nothing away. No, it gives nothing <laughs> away, but we're still going to make her watch it. Yeah. Uh, give me, I forgot I'll, that I'll text it to you right now. Yep. So we will be right back with that, kids. And yeah, we'll be right back. 
Ben's here. We're going to watch the promo together. Hold on. All right. And we're back. So we just watched the shortest season uh, trailer ever because it's a cliffhanger. So basically, Jesse, what happens in the trailer? Uh, It literally just shows the three women uh, picking the phones up again. Uh And Brooke and Brooke uh, and Lucas, who I don't think it I clocked how fucking evil he looks now with his like shorn head uh ultra broody like it's not even normal lucas broody it's like ultra broody he's like you want to get married in vegas tomorrow uh and uh then they flash back to him being lovey-dovey with all three of the women and then it says all right september 1st bitches be here and that's it 20 seconds long it's bullshit Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen all that already. <laughs> yep, that was the season trailer. That was the trailer that we had to get us back to watch the show, and it it fucking worked. <laughs> oh, it worked. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because we, I mean, literally, season finale of season five was May nineteenth, and we had to wait till September first. Yeah. To God. find out who the hell it was. I forgot how long it was. It was three and a half months. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Life was rough before streaming. Oh, doggy. It was. It really was. Um, Yeah. So that's the trailer. We already know who you think he's going to pick. So we don't need to we don't need to beat that horse. And as you've both heard, Ben is in agreement uh, with me. So um, in this house, we think that Luke called Brooke Brooke, and uh, we also think that it was the bad decision. So. Also worth noting that in the trailer, you, there's a voiceover of Lucas going, I know I made the right choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. And what you missed was, because I was muted, uh, I was watching it with Ben, and he goes, no, you didn't. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so committed to this television show now. I love, I love it. it. I love it. Uh, I love it. Okay. Any other predictions we want to make about season six? Outside of who Lucas picks, do we think what's going to happen with Haley, Nathan, and Jamie? I, okay, I have heard, um, well, no, I think it was a meme that Caitlin shared, actually, is, uh, it, it was something about, uh, how Nate is, like, very good in season six. Um, I think it, it was something like, if you can't handle me at my Nate season one, you can't handle me at my Nate season six. Mm-hmm. And yep, I know like, exactly what you're talking about because so it's, it wasn't a meme. It was a photo that I sent you guys from the bridge in Wilmington mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. somebody had signed it and written, don't let him treat you or don't let him treat you like he's season one, Nathan, you deserve season six, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's what been it was. In, yeah, that's been in the back of my mind since you sent that to us. So I'm very excited. Um, I've been looking forward to as much as I am able to look forward to a season of this show. I've been looking forward to season six. Do we think there's going to be any time jump between season five and season six? Are we going to start no. right where we left off? Yes. No, yeah. right okay. where we left off. Oh, right okay. where we left off. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Um, and I'm and I still think Lindsay's pregnant. I just like something. Something's telling me that uh, bitch has secrets, and it's in her uterus. Uh, 
and made with Lucas, like damn your sperm, sperm, Lukey. Uh, you know, that kind of situation. Alrighty. So it doesn't work as well with Lukey as it does with Danny. So mm-hmm. no, no, nothing will ever beat damn your sperm, Danny. Damn your sperm, no. Danny. I so. need it on a t-shirt. Yep. <sighs> if someone doesn't know the context, that's going to be real weird. I know. That's <laughs> why it's funny. <laughs> it's it's okay. like my trick t-shirt. The people that know, know. No. Yeah. Yes. And they say something about it, and the people that don't ask. Same thing with my uh, uh, Scott Body Shop sweatshirt. I have people yeah. come up and say, like, I love that. I'm like, yeah, good taste. Good taste. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, anything else we want to add about season five or why it was our favorite so far? Because it was. It was. Uh, no. I'm. Are we excited for season six? As much as I can be, yes. I am trying to remember. A lot of shit happens in season six. Yeah, this is so we've talked about this before, but season six is where my memory of what happens on this show starts to get real fucking fuzzy Uh because I've seen, I think, at least through the end of season seven, maybe eight. And when I've rewatched the show in the past, I usually get as far as season five. Mm-hmm. So, like, and I like I remember like a lot of the heavy plot points of six, and so I obviously I know I've seen that more than once, but I don't generally make it much further. So, like, obviously there are characters that we haven't met yet that Jesse knows about because it's Robert Buckley. Um, I from, am very mm-hmm. uh, interested mm-hmm. to see from our favorite, of... you know, yes. Hallmark movie do, do, do you think Robert Buckley is in season six or do we I, have to I, even more? I have no context. I have I, zero context. And I don't, re- my thing is, is like, I don't remember. I thought he showed up in season five and I was wrong. Well, I was so, very wrong. Here is my theory that I think he, because if um, Hillary is leaving at the end of season six. I don't know if they would have necessarily paired Hillary Burton with a guy she had never acted on One Tree Hill with for a Hallmark movie. So I think he has to show up in this season. Okay. So that's that's my theory. Interesting. That I just came up with right this very minute. There we go. All right. Um, and with that, guys, I think we'll leave it there. We're going to start season six next week, which is kind of amazing. Yikes. I'm very excited about it. But till then, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Rate us five stars. It does help us out in the long run with all those lovely podcast algorithms. And follow us on social media. We are everywhere you can find social media at On Wednesday's Pod. If you have a question, comment, or concern, hit us up in the Instagram DMs or Facebook or anything like that. We'll find you. And yeah, we will see you guys next week for another fun-filled episode of On Wednesdays. We watch One Tree Hill season six, everybody. Yay! All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.